0: An interesting development over the during the week was uh, the International Criminal Court uh, granting an application by prosecutors and ordering that former Ivory Coast President uh, Lauren Bugbo be detained until a new hearing is convened in February. On Thursday, prosecutors made a last-minute appeal against his release. Earlier in the week, Bugbo was cleared of charges of crimes against humanity during post-election violence in 2010. However, prosecutors argued that he was a flight risk and that the decision to free him could result in an irreversible situation in which Bugbo refuses to return to court. To help us unpack these issues, we're joined on the line by the head of special products, projects at the Institute for Security Studies, Ottilia Manganize. Uh, Artelia, thank you for your time this morning uh, and early on a s- Saturday uh, morning. First of all, I suppose, uh, were you surprised by the ICC's ruling, or was the case simply not watertight enough against them?
1: I'm not surprised so much um, because, um, as you say, the you know the ICC prosecutor, while they had worked to try to get as much evidence as possible. Um, the investigation into the crimes that were committed in Côte d'Ivoire only started close to a year after the crimes themselves had uh, had already been had, had been already committed. Um, and when you're dealing with crimes such as crimes against humanity and war crimes, and you're charging um, the people uh, in this case, uh, Laurent Gbagbo and his co-accused. Uh, um, Blair Goudet, you need to be able to show that they directed the attacks because they weren't charged for themselves uh, committing the acts of violence but being the ones behind those acts of violence. And unfortunately, um, the prosecution was just not able to prove that.
0: Do we know from you know records uh, and what was presented at uh, during the... You know, the actual court process. And you've mentioned these difficulties uh, after the fact, but in terms of people, uh, the the level of cooperation that uh, investigators received while probing this?
1: Um, The prosecutors and the Office of the Prosecutor received uh, cooperation from the Ivorian government uh, throughout the investigation. but even in that, uh, and even in evidence that was presented, um, it wasn't so much that they weren't able to show that crimes were committed. They were able to show that mm, crimes were committed. Sure. It's something that played out, um, you know, even before the eyes of those who were watching what was happening in Cote d'Ivoire at the time. The challenge was being able to link the crimes that were being committed, particularly by the military at the time, to um, the, the then, well, the former president, um, and to, to Blair Goudet. So that was really the challenge. The challenge was people not... It, it wasn't so much that they were saying crimes were not committed in Côte d'Ivoire. Um, they were acknowledging that the crimes were committed. But when you are charging any person, whether it's a former head of state or whether it's myself or yourself... You need to show that that person has individual criminal responsibility, whether directly or indirectly. So you can't simply use um, the the fact that um, you were in the area at the time or you were the person who was in power at the time. If soldiers, for example, go rogue um, and if soldiers commit crimes um, without instruction, that cannot be um, on someone else. And I think the, the challenge for the prosecution was to get that evidence, the evidence that really pins those crimes on their two accused.
0: But, I mean, the prosecution now, I mean, it's appealed. It has to go and basically fill in these gaps which you say remain. I mean, what are the chances it's actually going to be able to do that?
1: Um, Well, that's always difficult to tell because... The, um, you could still be able to get witnesses, for example. You could be able to get records. Um, and one of the things, uh, it's not to say that because crimes were committed seven, eight years ago, that you can't be able to get that kind of evidence. Um, a couple of years ago, the former president of Chad, Issen was convicted in Senegal for crimes similar to the ones that were charged, that... Uh, Uh, Laurent Balbo was charged with, Um, what the prosecution there were able to show was they were actually able to have um, the written records at the time that showed that instruction for sure did come from the president in respect of certain crimes. They weren't able to get him convicted on some of the sexual violence crimes where he was directly implicated because they couldn't... um, get that sort of DNA evidence or the physical evidence that helps to support charges like that. So it's not impossible to be able to get the evidence, provided it's there. So if the criminal, for example, does not keep record, or if other people around the person has no record of him instructing either verbally or in writing, that just makes the, the, the difficulty of prosecution even more so. And we see it in international trials and we see it in domestic trials as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, an- another big, big one against, against a leader which comes to mind and unfortunately perhaps was just affected by, you know, the way witnesses were dealt with. Um, Uhura Kenyatta, William Ruto in in Kenya, you know, this is now, Mm. sure, going back 10 years, um, you know, charges ended up being withdrawn. But some African leaders have said the ICC has been, was established just to deal with African leaders. And of course, with countries like the United States not being a signatory uh, to the agreement, uh, there's a certain amount of justification of that. But, Those utterances and, uh, I mean, I would say that the level-headed and fair way uh, people like Bagbo have been dealt with in this latest instance, well, I'm I'm saying fair, that that, that certainly is perhaps a loaded uh, way of describing it, but it would tend to suggest that in terms of the legal process, there are no hatchet jobs here. The ICC is trying to, you know, do it along, you know, legitimate legal lines.
1: Um, and you know, as you're writing, uh, in many respects, the one thing that, whether it's a critic of the international criminal court or a supporter of the international criminal court, or even people who don't really think too much about what the international criminal court does, is, um, not denying that the crimes that they are dealing with have happened in those places. Uh, Kenya was a unique case in the sense that the two indictees became uh, president and vice president before their trials had started. Now, that creates a complication that wasn't there for the Ivorian prosecution, which is how do you get um, evidence? How do you get cooperation from a state that's run by the accused? So that case, uh, anyone once they became um, once they took office, it was clear that those cases were going to be very difficult to 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 get to finish. Uh, Côte d'Ivoire's one is obviously different because they were able to get that corporation. the the, the challenge is. Yes, you see that the crimes have been committed. You see that people have been charged for those crimes. Now you have to be able to do the investigations as thoroughly as possible to ensure conviction. Um, And like you say, what we've seen with the Ivorian case is those efforts worthy. But when we speak about fairness of process, even if I may, Mm. it's not just about the, the, the prosecution doing their job. It's also about the availability of strong and good defense counsel that also do their job. Sure. It's also about ensuring that witnesses and victims are protected, are able to testify, and that we don't have victim or witness tampering throughout the process. It's also about ensuring that the judges act independently and without any fear or favor in the, in the process. And so I think we have seen that. We have seen that uh, Laurent Bagbo mounted a strong defense. He had a good defense team on his side. We saw that victims and witnesses were able to testify in this process. And we also saw the judges say, even though you brought some good evidence, you didn't bring enough evidence and you didn't bring the right evidence for us to be able to convict this person. But what remains as a strong criticism of the International Criminal Court is why does it take so long? If a person for sure is not the person who's committed the crime, how do you ensure that the entire trial process doesn't take seven, eight, nine years um, and that person is not free?
0: Sure, sure.
1: Even even if you and I or someone else might think, well, surely he must be responsible for these crimes, what we know is if a prosecution goes ahead and they're unable to prove that person is entitled to freedom, and how do you how do you compensate, as it were, for seven years in prison?
0: Absolutely, I was going to ask you. I mean, uh, you know, what what, what legal recourse, um, you know, would say somebody like Bugboy say at the end of the process he he is uh, completely vindicated, and it may take what ten years? We don't know. Um, you know, what recourse does anyone have against the ICC? Hmm.
1: So you know, in this instance, he will be he will he will be released in February. The the judges said that he couldn't be held for any longer while the prosecution tries to rebuild to rebuild their case. Now um, uh, there always has to be a distinction between where people are detained um, at times of trial. In this case, he obviously was always presumed innocent, so he was detained. I would say fairly good facilities. But still, he didn't have his freedom, mm. um, and so any any person who who is being acquitted can be able to uh, file an application with a, a later they were wrongfully accused to begin with. Obviously, that allegation goes to the office of the prosecutor, because it's the office of the prosecutor that does the investigations, and it's the office of the prosecutor that leads the prosecution. The, the question is whether or not then the court judges would find that the, the, the arrest itself was, was wrongful. And that becomes a little bit more complicated where both the court and the prosecution, as well as the defense in this matter, agree on one thing, which is that crimes were committed um, and that a number of the crimes were committed by government officials. So it becomes a bit of a challenge in for, for a person to say, well, I shouldn't have been arrested to begin with, because what we can all say is that someone ought to have been arrested with. Yeah. He would have to show uh, mistreatment. Um, and you can be able to get compensation for those years. It would be financial compensation, because obviously you can never get back the time that you had uh, behind bars.
0: Yeah, thank you very much to Tilia Monganidza, who's the head of special uh, projects at the Institute for Security Studies. Um, Yeah, I suppose the interesting thing to think about is do attitudes change towards the ICC uh, as far as other African countries are concerned or indeed ourselves? Remember that the former South African president Jacob Zuma's administration made its intention of getting out of the ICC clear.